On the hills of Thanksgiving week, I've been thinking about the concept and ideal life perspective under the analogy of our daily bread, hence the name of this episode. You may have caught this mentioned in last week's Thanksgiving devotional, giving thanks to the Lord daily for meeting our needs daily. Like the Israelites being provided their manna daily while in the desert, God provides us our daily bread and the sacrifice of himself. He has given to us our daily provision to have a life alive in Christ and not dead in our separation from him. In today's episode, we are going to dig deep into the theos of living life daily with this vision in mind. Daily, our bread is given to us freely by Christ. How do you grapple with this reality and how can we live in contentment of this provision? Let's get into it. Welcome to the Thought Vault, where we learn to unlock our minds to live with more purpose and bold intention. I'm your host, Emily Vermillion. Take a deep breath and let's get started. Give us this day our daily bread. Matthew 6, 11, is a plea for more than just physical nourishment. It's a request for spiritual sustenance, for God's wisdom, and for his presence in our lives. St. Francis of Assisi, known for his deep connection with nature and God, once said, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, and suddenly you are doing the impossible. Let's explore how we can apply this to our daily lives, seeking God's guidance in every necessary step, believing in his provision for the possible, and witnessing his power in the impossible. Isaiah 50 verse 7 says, For the Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. This scripture shows the steadfast trust we are called to have in God. It speaks of setting one's face like a flint. And I wasn't even, I knew flint was like a fire starter, (laughs) but I had to look it up. Flint is a very strong rock similar to quartz. If our face is set like a rock, we are strong and determined, not easily moved or altered or shifted. This describes an unwavering faith amidst life's challenges. This level of trust requires us to surrender our anxieties and fears, believing that God's provision is sufficient for today and every day to come. When we truly live out this faith, we are not controlled by our emotion. We are not weak in our mentality, for we have a strong confidence in the truth that we are not forsaken. As I've shared so many times before, our thoughts are important. When we live out the affirmation of Isaiah 50 verse 7, we are aware to capture our thoughts and pinpoint the truth of what God has promised us and how we are to respond. It's a practice being like that of a rock. This isn't to say we don't have anxieties or fears or any emotion, but rather it's a formula, so to speak, for addressing all of that and moving forward rather than being paralyzed with ourselves and our thoughts and our inability to decipher and move forward. This separates us from God and God's will for our choices and actions when we wallow. If we allow our our emotions and thoughts to control our actions, it's safe to say that God is not the primary motivation for our daily life. And this is where the practice comes in, to separate our flesh, our death in our flesh, 
from the life that God provides. Living is the antidote to those fears and anxieties. Going on is the gift that God provides. In our world that constantly pushes for more, how do we find contentment in the simplicity of God's love? Well, by learning that our life is about being, being more present, being more grateful, and being more aware of God's blessings. To focus and appreciate the small blessings, the everyday miracles, understanding that our worth is not defined by worldly standards, but by God's unending love for us. We can experience the richness of God's daily provision and find contentment in his presence, a true fulfillment that allows our soul to rest easy and impact our daily walk in the circumstances that we are facing. Contentment cannot be present with resentment and anger. We get tied up in valuing and comparing our lives to others who have no actual impact on our life. We are not called to live the life of someone else, and it's easy for our our flesh to long for what we believe we should have. Our pride is where Satan can grab a hold of our thoughts and feelings, making us bitter and disappointed amidst the truth of what God has done in our lives. Satan sows the seed of broken expectations, making us harvest a mentality that we are owed and have been forsaken a disastrous soil to foster a life-giving relationship with God. It is easy, so easy, to desire the things of other people and to place an importance on what others have accomplished for ourselves to accomplish. We start to rewrite the purpose that we fill in our heart or the path that we are on because we see something that's shinier, prettier, more aesthetic than our own circumstance. And the reality is, I don't even have to really explain, is that we have no idea what that person's actual life is like. We have no idea the journey they've been on, what they are going to face in the future, what they're dealing with now that just isn't shown. We are not the arbiters of everyone else's circumstance. And we cannot expect our circumstance to match someone else's. It's just like our fingerprints. We each have a unique life to live. And their experiences has led them to where they are. And yours has done the same. It may not look the same and you may want to be out of your circumstance. But as we know in our heart and we've heard so many times, there is a purpose in all that we are dealing with. The thought to remember, to squelch this ugly desire, to have and value the things of other people and be distracted by what they have, is to think about it like this. If we don't have it now, we don't need it now. If we are true, truly faithful to what God has called us to do and the purpose he has uniquely made us for, we must rest in his divine timing. For he knows all. And he works it all together for his good. Our life is meant to glorify God above all else, not our own self-righteous behavior, not our own self-righteous accomplishment. To him be the glory, not ourselves. And when we think about our life in this way as a testimony of God's love, that is a freedom that we get to live in without having the expectation of broken people. Most what motivates most people is rooted in things that are not even true to who God claims he is 
and what we should look toward and hope for ourselves as image bearers of him. I mentioned Francis Assisi earlier. He has a prayer speaking to living out the reality of God and his true nature. And I want to read that to you. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Living out this framework, this mindset of our daily bread means building a legacy worthy of standing the test of time for generations. Every habit book and goal setting method, and as a certified life coach, one thing we learn is very important, is a method to goal setting, it must start with this in mind. Small intentional steps made consistently over time will inevitably lead to huge change. Therefore, intentionally living with today in mind, receiving our daily bread from God each and every day, stewarding that bread well and growing from its nourishment every single day will lead to a God-centered legacy that will permeate for generations, the most treasured gift that could ever be passed on. In God's kingdom, it isn't about the monuments we leave behind or the buildings that are named after us, the little bench in the public park, but it's the lives that we touch through our faith and actions. Every act of kindness, every moment of patience, and every gesture of love is a testament to living in the fullness of God's provision. We're called to embody the love of Christ, turning our daily bread into nourishment for others. Something that has such greatly helped my mindset as a mother, that has helped me shift into a state of being when I am present with my children, and even when I'm not, when I am simply awake, like honestly, this thought has helped me so much. It's simply this, how do I want my grandchildren to think of me? How do I want my grandchildren to live? I've mentioned the word legacy, and to me, the whole purpose of us being here is to create a legacy. Our life is a testimony to God's love, to his purpose in our life, and the reason for us being here. The manner in which I live and interact with my family and my kids is how generations after me will be naturally nurtured. How I treat my kids is setting them up for how they live in this world, how they interact with people, and how they raise my grandchildren one day. God willing, I set that precedence. We hear so many times having to break the cycle to do better than our parents did, to overcome the brokenness that we live through as children. I'm not perfect. I know my kids are going to have triggers. They're going to have hangups. They're going to have brokenness that they carry from their childhood because I'm a broken person. Adam is a broken person. We're doing the best that we can. It's every parent's 
dream or should be or aspiration to do better. And having this thought in my mind, how do I want my grandchildren to be treated? What do I want them to learn? That is a testament to my life. That's my legacy. And it's such a motivating thought. It motivates how I interact with not just my kids, but everyone I deal with and encounter. And it has really given me a lot to think about and a lot to ponder. And it has truly caused me the ability to pause, to stop, to reframe, and then to speak, interact, respond to my kids. It's been a wonderful, wonderful mental exercise, if you will. Satan's ploy is to distract us from God's presence. He fosters discontent, resentment, and confusion. Living with these emotions daily, dictating our lives, is living in sin and not as God has commanded us to think about this world and our lives and the circumstances that we face. The nature of Satan is to have us dwell in self-pity, and self-pity leads us to value ourself and our own will over that of God's. If we take the time to truly reflect on our thoughts and the way our days play out, the reality of our work and the relationships in our lives, we can easily see our own shortcomings as we will inherently fail at finding contentment in anything other than God. We cannot live for God if we are selfishly seeking a remedy to our fleshly wants and desires. If that is our main priority, taking an inventory of our mindset will most assuredly reveal the lies that Satan has attempted to drive into our heart. What you think about every day, I've even heard it said this way, like what you spend your money on and what you spend your time doing is a perfect analogy and example of what you value and you prioritize. It's very revealing. And I think I've mentioned that before, but it's true. We we all know what we are allowing to have control over our life and our mind and what we are obsessing over, what we're constantly contemplating, what we're Googling every second we can, what we're reading about, the type of people that we are following on social media, the shows that we watch. There's usually a very familiar and common thread among all those different things. And it speaks to what our heart is longing for, what our heart is focused on. And it can be very convicting and humbling, but it's worthy of the time to take and think about that because if we are not living for God first, we will never find any type of contentment because contentment lies with him. As we align our daily routines with God's word, spending time in prayer and reflection, we strengthen our spiritual armor becoming impervious to these distractions and more attuned to God's voice. Lay your self-pity at the feet of Jesus. Rebuke it, for it leads us down a tawdry road that will definitely take contentment away from our lives. Contentment in Christ is the healing of our mental anguish. However, when we are gripped by the lies sown into our flesh by the brutality of Satan's force, we live consumed by the deceit our world values more than the resolute peace of God's truth. Living like this creates a chaotic hustle of our lives, a drive to perform and measure ourselves against a false test that results in a dysfunctional cycle of pridefully believing we are righteously doing meaningful things that in reality are breaking us away from God's sovereign place in our life. 
What is the state of our faith if we are living under the guise of works when they aren't a requirement of God's salvation in our life? Living in this cycle is stripping away the grace over our lives that God offers because living with the intention to offer our time for the works, activities, and focus of the things in this world first We exemplify that we truly never knew who God is and the sacrifice that he gave to us and what it means. Breaking free from this means living in obedience. Obedience to God's nature, not our own and not Satan's. It's not going to feel easy or exciting. Breaking free from the life-sucking ways of the world will be challenging. Our first thoughts will be that it's too hard, that it's not meaningless, that you don't really need to change, it's not a big deal, our flesh will do all it can to stop action, and it will paralyze us in overwhelm. But like Oswald Chambers has famously said, get up first and think about it later. Get up first and think about it later. Get to changing your heart posture. Recognize the distractions, the bitterness, the resentment, the confusion, the envy, that Satan is working into your mindset, into your heart, and in ultimately into your actions. If we are living in that cycle of chaos and hustle and mode of consumption, we are fully letting go of God's daily bread that he provides to us to experience the peace and contentment, the fulfillment and purpose we are striving for. Ask yourself, Why do I want these things? What am I looking to gain? What is it that I am trying to accomplish and have? It's going to be obvious that we are trying to store up treasures here and not in heaven. And that is where the disconnect from God is so evident. Reflecting on my own life and the journey of clients that I've worked with, burnout is such a real Thing in our world. So many people deal with burnout and go through seasons of burnout where they are just completely overwhelmed and shut down by just being spent and expending way more than they are taking in, pouring from that proverbial empty cup. As Paul wrote in Philippians, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's chapter one, verse 21. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Lay your day and goals out before the Lord, for they are rightfully his. Purposefully choose to die to yourself each day, because to live is to be in Christ. We are the life of the living God who dwells within us. Sacrificing ourselves is to gain freedom in the presence of God, true and full contentment, a purpose that has no bounds and is accomplished through every interaction, through every thought and through every feeling that we have. We don't need to search and distract ourselves with the treasures we store up here. Obey God, live according to his word, and live a life of the fully and truly living. Death has no place in the heart of a believer. And that is the truth and the essence of today's message. Our daily bread is found in the presence of God. Our daily bread is found in the word of God. Our daily bread is found in our relationship with God. Give us this day our daily bread, Lord. Please open your hands each day to see what God has for you to do. What is the work set before you? No matter the job, no matter if you hate it, no matter if you love your work, 
no matter if it's being at home with your kids, no matter what role and responsibility, if you're a student, if you are trying to figure out, if you're in a season of transition, if you're in a season of struggle and despair, God gives his daily bread to us each and every single day. And if we live with the intention to seek him first, rather than our own self-righteousness, rather than trying to wallow in self-pity or figure out a way to get out of it ourselves, that is the decision we have to make each day. That is the legacy that we are building each and every single day. To live a life filled with God's presence is a life of contentment that nothing, nothing in this world can give us. No title, no relationship, no season of life, no ideal in the dreams and the wishes that we have. God, living for God, obeying God, that is our contentment. That is our bread. That is the nourishment for our soul, our mind, and ultimately our life. To want things is normal. To have desires and needs are normal. And many of them are placed in our heart by God. He made us each uniquely gifted and predispositioned to certain things to be passionate about, about passionate about certain stuff. He did not give me one inkling or desire to be creative, to like create things with my hands, like in way of crafts or art. I have no desire to do that. But there are other things that he gave me. There are other things that I am passionate about and love and have a calling on my heart to do. Just like you might have for painting or for music or for whatever it might be. The key though is to have an understanding that life is hard, but if we choose to die to ourselves, we gain Christ, we gain life. And the Holy Spirit dwelling within us is the living life of God. Here, we are his hands and feet. We are the testimony of who he is. Are we living that out? Are we truly believing in him? The nature of our decisions, the choices that we're making, the mindset that we're living in, the emotions that we're, con- that we're allowing to control us, that is the testimony. That is the legacy that we have. So how is that playing out for us each day? And if we're struggling in this, God has not forsaken us. He has not left us. Use this message today as a calling to answer the thing that you've been feeling in your heart and in your gut, the longing that you've had for so long. This is your answer. God's daily bread is provided to us every single day. He is the nourishment that we need. He is the fulfillment that we are looking for and searching for. Once we turn to him, the outflow of our life, the harvest that we reap is fulfilling. It brings us contentment. This week, let's take a page from St. Francis and practice gratitude. Each morning, identify one simple joy in your life and thank God for it. In the evening, reflect on how this joy was a reminder of God's provision. Maybe you're going to use the affirmation from Isaiah 50 verse 7. Our face is set like a flint. We are not going to diverge from God's calling on our life and his presence with us. Don't forget that your daily life is the legacy of Christ that you impart to those in your life and is the greatest gift you could ever offer once you are gone. We cannot find contentment if we are living in self-pity. We cannot find contentment if we are living in anger and disillusion. Bring those to God. Bring those in your prayers to the Lord. Lay those at his feet. For he cares what your heart is going through. He cares what you're struggling with. He knows and he understands. Have faith in him. Put your trust in him. For he will never depart from you.
and he loves you and he has not forgotten you. And the rest that your weary soul needs is given daily. Let's take a moment to say a prayer to our Lord and Savior. Lord, guide us to find solace in your provision, to see your hand in the simplest of things, and to trust in your unfailing love. Help us to live a life that reflects your grace and to spread your love in all that we do. May our life be a testimony to who you are, and may our legacy be one of your love and grace that will last generations and will give those who have known us the ability to know you more. Amen. As we part ways today, remember the impact of sharing this podcast. It means so much. If you found value in our discussion, please share it with your friends and family. Please leave a review and just remember that God is with you and he is your daily bread. And until next time, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12 two. Go live with bold intention, everyone. Bye for now.